Years after the death of his first love, Gwen Stacy, Peter Parker receives a mysterious letter that leads him to the revelation that Gwen had given birth to twins while she was still very much alive and still very much in a relationship with Pete, and that the father was none other than Tommy Lee Jones, I mean, Norman Osborn. And not only that, but his current wife, Mary Jane, had totally known about it and was keeping it a secret. And not only that, but the twins had aged in hyper time due to the goblin blood in their bodies and were back in town to wreak havoc on Pete's life as retribution for their mother's death. And if you think I've just spoiled all of the major twists, then buckle into your goblin gliders, cause you ain't read nothing yet. Join Nick and Bruno as they continue their look into the fascinating world of the spectacular Spider Babies when they read the six-part epic Sins Past by J. Michael Straczynski and Mike Diodato Jr. on this week's unbelievable installment of... Oh God, it burns. All right, everybody, welcome back to... Oh God, it burns! My name is Nick. My name's Bruno. And today, we're going to be looking back at JMS's Spider-Man run, which, for all its faults and all of its controversies, we're going to actually dive straight into one of the biggest ones before his other biggest one, before everything else that he's done that was super controversial with the character. Because as great as a Spider-Man writer as he was, this guy apparently had some ideas that did not fly too well with the Spider-Man community. And one of those ideas starts in Sin's past. Do you want to talk about the ramifications of his ideas? It made a, a creator give up his collection. Oh, yes. Uh, that's right. We were just talking about this before we started. Well, apparently, like, I remember way, way back, like, one of the biggest people that came out against this story was Alex Ross. And I'm not going to spoil anything, even though I totally spoiled it at the end of the last episode. Yeah. But I'm not going to spoil it just yet. But Alex Ross, master painter extraordinaire, Marvels, Kingdom Come, yeah. the covers for Immortal Hulk. Like, this guy is a god within all of nerddom. And he came out and he said, I had to throw my entire run of JMS's Spider-Man away because he disrespected the character so much that I just could not believe that this was the direction it was going. And he almost, like, disowned Marvel entirely for this decision. Pretty much. I mean, like, that is a bad sign, though. Like, yeah. As far as politics goes, I mean, you have a guy who was so good that Wizard gave him his own special on just art, and, like, I remember reading it and being enthralled with, like, how he made his things. Like, he literally made a dude wear a trash can and painted that and turned it into Galactus. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this dude can do no wrong. And then he comes out and, like... And he says, So be it, everyone must disown J. Michael Straczynski for this garbage! Shut his ass back to Babylon 5. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kick him back to television. (laughs) Put him back with Kevin Smith. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 because JMS actually gets stuff done. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin. (laughs) Yeah, he actually finishes his scripts until he gets a weird eye bacteria that makes him leave in the middle of Superman walking the Earth for 12 12 issues. Are you sure but it was an eye bacteria? I digress. I think it was an eye bacteria. Are also, you, are you sure it wasn't like one of those like slugs from like Wrath of Khan that was like, yeah, no, it was just like, it's hey, eating I'm... my brain. Like... I think it was like the earpiece from Freddy's Final Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it was like eating a zero. <laughs> but I digress. Yes. <laughs> right now we're going back into Sins Remembered, which. Past. Sin... Oh, Sins Remembered's next one. Mm. Sins Past! He forgot to remember the past. <laughs> no, I was remembering the future, which is since remembered. <laughs> but this is since past. And most notable, to me at least, 
This was when Mike Diodato joined Spider-Man. This is like his first big gig right after Bruce Jones' uh, Hulk, which we, we will talk about. Because as much as I love that series, it did not end well. But Mike Diodato was like a shining star throughout the entire thing. And he came over here. And this is him before he hit like superstar status and everything. But you could still see it's like good. The potential good for art. greatness was definitely there. Mm-hmm. So he picks it up, and like the whole vibe of this is so cinematic now. Yeah. Like uh, it looks realistic. It's so cinematic that they casted an actor. As a villain. Yeah, that he literally cast an actor as a villain. We'll get to that in a second. Very much in the <laughs> in the vein of Samuel Jackson being Nick Fury, <laughs> we have a uh, Tommy Lee Jones showing up as a famous Spider-Man villain in this one. But since past, kind of starts off with a mysterious letter that Spider-Man gets. And it's postmarked from Gwen Stacy, and it's postmarked from the current year, too. So he's getting a mysterious letter from Gwen Stacy All right, we're gonna have at to, this time. We're going to have to date ourselves a little bit for uh, those of you that you know weren't around for the Sins Past timeline um, at this particular point, especially because we, which we will get to the uh, One More Day storyline. This is pre-One More Day, so we have... At this point, Peter Parker and uh, Mary Jane are married, which is something that uh, is no longer the case, obviously. Which, by the way, going back and reading this, I loved how JMS wrote their relationship. It, it was he, he definitely had a good thing. If ever anyone wanted to, you know, make a case for a married Peter Parker, yeah, like this, this run it. is it. This yeah, run like, and JM De Mateus's run. Like this, like, honestly, it's really funny. That they could use the beginning parts of his run to explain why he shouldn't have done what he did in the <laughs> end parts of his run. <laughs> He's like, but you wrote them so well. Why? Why did you do why this? Why did you do this to us? Why did you take away this thing that I didn't why know Why didn't I had? you just write her like garbage it's like, <laughs> and then destroy it's it? It's like, I, I fell in love with the man. They were my peoples and you took them away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it. And I also believe at this point it was at M. Uh, Aunt May, Aunt May knew. knew. Aunt May had Spider-Man. I think this was, uh, this is, Peter I Parker forgot was Spider-Man. what the issue was, but this is after she walked. That was in. actually at the end. It was Amazing Spider-Man uh, thirty-five. Was when that was because I was at the end of More Lunch, and then thirty-six yeah. was the World Trade Center one because we had like a big break. Yeah. And then when it came back, it was directly her dealing with the fact that she found Peter Parker all bloodied and, and laying down after his fight with Morlun, and she had his bloody tattered. Thing. And so it was a really interesting like moment in Spider-Man history where it's just like you have Aunt May knowing that Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Like she's finally in the club. So like at this point... Mary was... Jane came back and they're having like family relations and stuff like that. It was actually a really good family story. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's what you had is this expansion of... It wasn't like some of the more interesting things that happened in, these, in this time period was not when he was like punching bad guys, but like the struggles of like being a married man this personal drama um actually having to no longer come up with an excuse about me but now dealing with the fallout of like how do i tell her this and like and then her like having this conversation with her and she's like you know don't tell me that much like i just want to know that you got in a fight but i don't want to know that you got like you know almost killed yeah how about know? we talk about eggs for a little bit like yeah like, let's take a break and like uh tell me how those wheat cakes are which is like kind of like j michael straczynski's go-to like whenever he needs to like make aunt may small talk is she just talks about eggs <laughs> Like, she did it, like, three times in that run. And this one, she goes on about talking about eggs again. And I'm like, oh, JMS, you are you are an egg-loving fool, are you not? So, back to our this particular storyline. So, since past, so he gets a letter. 
and it's from Gwen Stacy, who, as we all know, has been dead for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And it's dated to the current day. So how, how could that possibly be? And it's only one page, too. Yeah. So it's just like, there's, there's a whole missing part of it, but it's which, really throwing Peter off of his game. Yeah, so I mean, if, if, whoever's behind this, which we'll find out, or kind of told them, but uh, knows how to... You know, really get behind Peter's defenses and really throw him for a curve because he's now being erratic. So first thing he does is he takes this letter and he goes ahead to authenticate it because it has to. No, actually, the first thing he does is he goes to visit Gwen Stacy's tomb. That's true. And then he gets jumped by these ninjas, yeah. and he's just like, "Why are these ninjas attacking me over at Gwen Stacy's tomb?" And it's like they're not going after Spider-Man; they're going after Peter, Peter Parker. Parker. Yeah. And then later on, he gets a package with it. Like a, a middle envelope that has pictures of a mysterious person with a blacked out, not black face, blacked out face. Uh, like shadow, like, like the uh, like shadow face. Witness like, protection it's censored. face. It's not black face. It's not Bojangles. <laughs> we can move past it. No mammy. Take it home. Big money. No mammy, no mammy, no mammy, no mammy. Go. <laughs> and this has been the last episode of Oh God, It Burns. Thanks for listening. Big <laughs> money, no mammy. That's my new game show. <laughs> Picking up is no mammy. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, so they uh, send him the picture, and it's a blacked out face, a censored face of a woman getting directions from Mary Jane, and uh, another ma- young man helping out Aunt May like uh, take the groceries in. And there's a letter to it that says, I, "We can kill them whenever we want to." Just so you know, FYI. So it's a personal attack on this guy. So he's just like, you know what? If these are really Gwen Stacy's... No, he, he doesn't know that they're Gwen Stacy's kids yet. He goes to get the letter authenticated. He goes to get the letter because he figures out the letters from them because obviously two events are Then he sees the indentures connected. on the back. He's just like, I don't want to mess with this. I don't want to do anything. I'm going to take it to my buddy Lamont. He's going to tech it out with uh, his forensics and we're going to see what happens. And at the end, it says that I'm pregnant with twins, Gabriel and Stacy. Sarah. Sarah, Stacy. Stacy, Stacy. What's really interesting about that is, and I, I gotta give credit, is Spider-Man, at this point, is um, because of his relationship, actually puts a lot more thought. Because usually, you know, Spider-Man is known to go off the cuff, but now he's got this huge baggage because he's got a wife, he's got an aunt who, who's in on it. So he takes this letter and he actually, like, webs it because the whole point is that there's the, the first part of the letter that doesn't give a lot of information but there was indentations on the written because apparently they turned the letter over and wrote over it so to, we need to figure out what's on the other on this other part of the letter that we never got so he like webs it to a piece of metal so that it's mm. like you can't pull it then apart then he threatens Lamont's family and he threatens Lamont's he's family he's like, like I will kill you I will hurt everyone you. I was just like whoa Spider-Man's like, like, like he's, a fucking gangster he's serious about it Lamont's like look, you know, look I'll just do it just shut up <laughs> before you say he's something he's like listen I've said worse it's fine like, before you say something that you can't take back let's just I'll, I'll, I'll see what my guys can do and yep. that's where they get a partial reconstitution of the letter that says you know, these are my kids. Um, you know, Gwen. Uh, sorry. Uh, now you got me saying uh, Gabriel, and, Gabriel Sarah. and Sarah. Thank you. Um, and now he's like, this can't be a thing. Yeah, so and he goes back. There's, and he goes there's to talk no way to she Mary hasn't Jane. been dead long enough. Yeah. There's there's no way that she could have had kids. These that are kids are too the, old. There's, then he goes back and he's just like Mary Jane. Like I just found out that Gwen had kids, and she's like. 
Well, what? And it's just like, and he, I'm not he did the dad. I promise you. And she's like, I know. He did. How do you know? Because I know who the real father is. Well, he did something a little bit before that that was also kind of dark. He dug up Gwen's corpse. Oh, he didn't dig her up. So it wasn't a shovel. It was a big spike. So he drove a spike down into the ground to get, to get DNA. a DNA sample. So he skewered her fucking it body. It would have been better if he just dug a <laughs> shovel. I honestly thought, right, I breezed over that as a shovel because I just thought he dug her up because that was heart-wrenching enough. Instead, he like, no, he went he drank her on her. Yeah. <laughs> you shall not rise. <laughs> Hold you back, Satan. And like the whole time, Gabriel and Sarah were like, whoa, he's actually doing this. Like, he just poked her mom on the friggin' chest, like, with that big old barb he's got. And then he takes it and he does like a forensic analysis. And it this confirms is really Gwen Stacy's that kid. these kids are Gwen Stacy, which just still begs the question, how, what did he compare it to? Was it on the letter? Like, so he, uh, you know, he actually mentioned something where he's just like, uh, you know, a lot of people think that to avoid DNA, you have to wear gloves, right. but then you lick the, the stamp, stamp you lick the, that's, that, that the was glue. The so so like, he took the DNA from the, he went the glue full on stamp. forensics, like NCIS Spider-Man, the S standing for Spider-Man over there. Um, and yeah, and he compared it and he found out that sure enough, the, whoever sent this letter has DNA that is a match for Gwen Stacy. Um, and then he's, I mean, that's a huge, like, Yeah, it like weight. ruins him. It, it, it breaks him almost. And he's just like, walk, he doesn't know what to do. Like, he doesn't even care about his, like, identity at this point. Yeah. He's just like... And he's just like, I need to go back to tell Mary Jane. He comes back, and he's just like, Mary Jane, I've got something really important to tell you. Um, Gwen Stacy had kids, but I swear I'm not the dad. Like, we never even, and she was like, shh, listen, I know. And he's just like, you know? And he's like, yeah, and I uh, uh, know who the daddy is. <laughs> and then this takes off the next part, which is one of, up to this point, one of the most controversial things that had ever happened in Spider-Man. It's also looked back as one of the most controversial, infamous storylines. Like, this made the Clone Saga, where, like, Peter Parker isn't our Peter Parker, like, tame by comparison. Because, yeah. like, it blew everyone's mind. Because it's like, Gwen Stacy isn't our Gwen Stacy. And up until now, Gwen Stacy was just a one-dimensional character. She was she was Peter's first love, the blonde girl next door. And then... She was a symbol of his youth. And, and then just loss. an innocent victim of... The Goblin, I mean, and even if you if you watch the movie, like the Tobey Maguire movie, they play up to it, and it's kind of like it, it it could be anybody. Like he thought it was Aunt May, it turns out it was you know, well in this case it was Mary Jane, but I'm saying like it was that kind of setup. Like um, that was that was what it was paralleling, like the initial Tobey Maguire, even though they used Mary Jane as the placeholder because she was the more consi- uh, current love interest, but she filled in the Gwen Stacy role. Like at this point. When we when you go back and read the issue, you know, and he takes Gwen, it could have been anybody. It could have been Aunt May. It could have been his like yeah. roommate. It was just the person. It really was, and it's like, like it was. It was almost like kind of like the strangers. Like, why did he get Gwen? Because she was home. There was no rhyme mm-hmm. or reason why he targeted her. And also, she was in Europe. This was like the first time she was back in a very long time. Yeah. She came back just for the storyline, so she was gone forever. Like, Peter and MJ basically had a relationship that they were, like, starting off, like, will they or won't let they type of thing for a while. And it wasn't efficient until after, like, this kind of kicked off. But Gwen Stacy was not part of the Spider-Man comics for a very long time because they were trying to get him hooked up with Mary Jane. 
Then all of a sudden she comes back in the original storyline. She gets killed, just like you said. It could have been anybody. She was just the one that was home. There was never... But that's how it read in the original one. But yeah. now this one goes back and gives us context. It adds some subtext day. in there that really fucks with you, man. And it turns out that Gwen Stacy's, the father of Gwen Stacy's kids, is really dun, dun, Tommy dun. Lee Jones. Yeah. <laughs> A few good men. Yeah. The fugitive guy. <laughs> Kimball! <laughs> Parker! <laughs> but no. yeah, so no, it's a, it's Tommy Lee Jones who is playing Norman Osborn in this one. Yeah, so it turns out that uh, Norman really stuck it to Peter, but he stuck it even more to Gwen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we go back into continuity. And this is back when Harry Osborn had his, like, LSD freakout, and he was really, really, like, Doing. sick, but his dad, Norman, didn't want him to go to the hospital because he didn't want it to ruin his image. Yeah. Like, what would anyone say if Harry Osborn, like, the son of the great Norman Osborn, went to... Was just a junkie. Was just a junkie. I can't let this stand. So we just basically let him, like, sit down and just get over it himself. You'll be fine. Take some Tussin. You'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> You've got Osborn blood. Well, like, not, real, not yet. <laughs> and then, like, they're sitting there, and Mary Jane and Gwen are with him, and then, like, Gwen's just like, you know what, I'm gonna go talk to Norman, and we're gonna see this through and everything, and then Mary Jane realizes that Gwen's been gone for a while, so she goes and starts eavesdropping in on it, and finds out that she went there just so she can kind of, like, yell at Osborne, and it's just like, you're never gonna get a hold of my kids, and she's like... Norman Osborne's hitting back and was just like, no, those kids have goblin blood in them. They've got Osborne blood. Those are my kids. And then she's just like threatening him and everything. It's like, I see how you're treating Harry. You're not going to treat my kids like that. And then she's like, okay, well, if you're going to play it like that, I don't think you're going to like where it goes. We know where it goes. But then it kind of kicks off this thing where she like kept false starting, trying to tell Peter something. Like, you know, if I told you something, uh, would you still love me? Would you still love me? And that's like the whole crux of this whole thing. And we find out right there, this is how Mary Jane knows. And it goes back to like this whole affair that they had before where it's just like, I honestly can't remember how it started, but I know it was like at a time of weakness for Gwen Stacy. She just went over to the Osborne house one time and then she saw like, I guess to visit Harry. And then she saw Norman was kind of like at his lowest, but he still had this animal magnetism to him. Because apparently the goblin formula comes with, like, its own super-packed goblin pheromones. Yeah, he's basically Spider-Woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually. That's basically... <laughs> he's got goblin pheromones, so he's straight up just, uh... He sweats Old Spice. Yeah. But then they kind of get it on, and then she has a baby, and then that's the reason why she left to go to Europe for a while, which is, like, explains her disappearance, because she just up and left. It was like like yeah. in the original series, like it's there are so many questions that are left by Gwen Stacy the character back in this original series, and then this like seamlessly fits in and kind of fills everything in to a point where I was just like, well, because it, it basically, this, yeah, this is controversial, but this is filling in all those blanks like perfectly. It dances so well between the lines. I mean, it, it basically gives reason and subtext to why they were trying to write Gwen out mm-hmm. and why like their why her relationship with Peter fizzled and why Mary Jane was so keen on like looking out for him yeah. and taking care of him considering that her boyfriend at the time was like recovering from like a drug trip and like at, who was her boyfriend? Well, that was Harry, Harry right? like yeah she, she was dating cause, Harry because that remember um, in the sensational annual they had cut back to the scene 
where they're on a double date, um, and you know she's yeah. with Harry, and much like kind of what happened in the first Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. that they were the the two couples, it was uh, Peter and Gwen, and you know um, Mary Jane and Harry. So um, as it turns out, it worked out well that she knew that Peter that Gwen was keeping a secret, and it wasn't her place to tell Peter the secret, but she looked out for him because she knew that he would never get the answers until she was ready to tell to until one was ready to tell him and so that concern is kind of another uh you know you used to think they, they just had great chemistry but now you have this layer of like her always looking out for him like yeah. even before she well she always kind of knew who he was but like, yeah, i mean it was revealed back in like untold tales of spider-man that, that she saw him sneaking out like a while ago and knew that he was spider-man from like, but, like almost day one at this point you know like it shows that you know in spite of all that she's always had his back and she's always been good at keeping secrets too like, which not a lot of people like give, give her credit for it. give like, her credit because like i mean I actually like where she's at now in the Marvel Universe because, like, she's worked with Iron Man. Like, she's becoming, like, slowly but surely, like, the Bucky Barnes of the modern era. Like, she's tangibly linked to so many Marvel heroes. And she's got a metal arm. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Yes. And she's got <laughs> And metal. she killed JFK! <laughs> <laughs> with her looks. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Happy you hit the jackpot, Miss. Peter's just like, what the hell is going on? But bitch, his family's here. <laughs> but yeah, she's been really great at like um, keeping secrets and blending in well with like the superhero set, both in and out of costume, which is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. So like, this was the first time you really got to see her get like get credit for this yeah. stuff, which is really funny because. So much is going on that that becomes like a side note to the whole story in and of itself is just how like loyal MJ is both to like her friends and Peter. Although some people would argue like by keeping this secret from Peter, she was inevitably fucking yeah. up. But again, it was because it wasn't her place to tell. Mm-hmm. And, and they were actually recently back together too. Yeah. Because, like, there'd been this whole really bad storyline where Mary Jane was on a plane that exploded. And then Peter Parker went to Latveria to fight Doctor Doom for it, and then he fought the Hulk over it, and then he just, like, he Fuck. couldn't accept that she was actually dead. Because, spoiler alert, she wasn't dead. She was actually being held by some pervert. Yep. And, like, then after he rescued her finally, like, she just left. Which is actually really funny, because that was, like, the first time they were just like, we're gonna do away with this, yeah. like, marriage thing. That was, like, the first time where I was like, she needs to die. Well, and- she also had a baby that died. Like, there was so much that happened with Pete and MJ, like... Do you realize how many people in Peter Parker's life have, like, fake died? There's still the Aunt May controversy where, like, they... Where there's like, oh, no, she didn't die. It turns out it was, like, an actress that... It was an actress that... How the hell do you not know what you're... Like, what kind of stunt double casting did you find that you were able to find someone that, like, you could surgically alter that would perfectly play his aunt? Yeah. And not at, like, this is a person, like, presumably signed up for, like, you know... Well, I mean, in Norman Osborn's defense for the Clone Saga closing out, like, what... Because this is when Aunt May died. He was the one that masterminded the whole thing. Are you forgetting that Aunt May was a spitting image of Boris Karloff's mummy back <laughs> in Sweet Charity? So you could have dug up any old corpse and it would have looked just like Aunt May. But I'm just saying, like, for real, he, like, 
what kind of person goes in for this job interview? Like, presumably, like, they found something online that's like, oh, cool, I'll apply for this. Like, must look this old, must look this Full-time acting job, no questions asked, must pretend to be this person. Okay with death. Must also <laughs> be able to make wheat cakes on command. Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay with laying in a hospital bed and looking like this old lady? Yeah. Yeah. How much do I get paid? <laughs> I'll show you pleasures untold in the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, so it's a lot of continuity going into this. This is like JMS is like fixing up Spider-Man, and he was the guy that like really got Spider-Man back on his feet after the Howard Mackey and John Byrne era. And then all of a sudden it veers hard into this, and it's jarring for a lot of people because he's writing everything so well, and everything is just like knocking it out of the park, left and right. There's not one beat that he's dropping. Then it gets here, it's just like, JMS can do no wrong. Wait. Norm Osborn, fuck Gwen Stacy. Now they have twins that are about to kill Peter Parker because they think he's Peter Parker's their dad that abandoned them and uh, they and also they become, par- become goblins. And yeah. they also age like three times, uh, three years for every year that they live because they got goblin serum in them. And it's just like, the community exploded. It did. Um, there, there's no coming back from that. Because, I mean, again, you have to picture that, like, Gwen Stacy, it's like, how can I put this? Like, picture back to, like, your first love, that sweet, innocent high school love. Yeah. And she was fucked by Ron Jeremy. <laughs> That's what you got! <laughs> if Ron Jeremy was your bully. <laughs> like, if, if Ron Jeremy, like, was your bully and fucked your, like, your first love... That's what hit Peter Parker in the face. So, like, what attracted you to him? Was it because he could kiss his own penis? <laughs> like, what's going on? Are we talking about Norman Osborn? Because yeah. <laughs> how much, how, how powerful is that goblin serum? Well, <laughs> he's talking about how potent it makes. <laughs> like, I'm sure it does some weird stuff with his lower rib, too. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, there's really no way to put it. But and I, I just want to go ahead and say this too, like before we we move on, like that was not JMS's original intent. Like his original intent was to make Peter Parker the parents. Like he was supposed to be the dad of Gabriel and Sarah, but then editorial jumped in and said, "No, we can't do that. It's going to make Peter Parker age." And he knew that they were going to go into one more day territory, and they're going to undo a bunch of stuff anyway. So like when it was floated, like how about you make Norman Osborn the uh, the father? And there he's just like, "Yeah, I'm going to do that." And he wrote the story. And he knocked it out of the damn park. This is so good. But he did it thinking that he would be able to undo everything. So he deliberately, like, messed up everything and pissed off the fans because he was just like, don't worry, guys. I got your back. I'm going to fix it later. And then when it didn't happen, he was just like, well, fuck. Well, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be known as the guy (laughs) that that ruined Gwen Stacy. (laughs) Also, because we point out, like, I mean, how... That was a huge age difference between, like, Norman Osborn and and Gwen Stacy those at the goblin time. pheromones, that goblin right. old spice. Like, it really, really put her in the bag. It turned Gwen Stacy into a gold digger, I'm just saying. <laughs> he was so magnetic and rich. Because who do you think paid for that European vacation? I'm just saying. Yeah, she yeah. had no money. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying. She didn't have no money. I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing around with Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, I'm just going to go over to Europe and study abroad. It was just like, but, uh, did you, did, did, did you not mention anything about signing up for these classes? Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I, I got a scholarship. Where'd you get this scholarship from? Uh, you know. Bye. <laughs> and that's I paid for your meal last week. What, yeah. what? Where'd you get money? Yeah. <laughs> B. 
bitch. <laughs> I said bitch. <laughs> so yeah. So that happens. And then, like I said, everyone breaks. Alex Ross breaks, just like I said, throws away his collection, trash talks JMS, and, like, actively, like, <laughs> like, 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 protests to get him off the book and stuff like that, saying that Gord Stacy needs to be a one-dimensional character. You cannot have her be anything else. She has to be a symbol of Parker's lost love. But to me, it works. No, it does. It uh, works really I mean, big. it you know what it did? It actually adds layer to Spider-Man storyline. Because if you read Spider-Man from, like, <laughs> if you happen to be lucky enough to get a copy of, like, you know, his the 60s storylines, it's it's comic books at its infancy. I mean, not at I mean, it was infancy. still really good, though. Like, it I was, loved all the Goblin stuff. I loved the Dr. Rock. I mean, like, stuff, it was very... The looter. Like, it, it, out of all of the early stuff, I felt like the Spider-Man was the most consistent. But it was very, like, you know, like, <clears> they didn't really dig into like emotional drama like the characters were very one-dimensional it was literally leading up to the only time i think that it ever really got deep was like the when he had the fever and he's like i'm spider-man and i fucking quit yeah. it's like a couple of seconds later it's like oh my god he's got a fever he's fucking delusional well, i'm gonna counter that because as a spider-man historian uh-oh i will tell you this when john ramita got on like it started turning more into a romance comic it did. and it started getting more soap opery then when Gene Colan took over too, like then it like embraced soap opera like big time. Like Stan Lee was really like writing these romance comics and stuff like that, and like these soap operas, like and that's what made it so good. It's just like you see all the twists and turns and all these uh, interpersonal relationships, and it, the focus was on the supporting characters. Yeah. Whereas before it's like almost disposable. It's just like you can watch a SpongeBob episode and nothing really carries over to the next ones. There's like little bits of continuity and that's it. You start to see all that stuff starting to pile up with all the relationships that they're building with them. Yeah. And then like the whole idea that like uh, Norman Osborn's got this rich man, like this big mansion, all the kids are hanging out and they're seeing all this like stuff going on. Like it is very reminiscent of me watching like with my mom soap operas when I was younger. Like it's got all the twists and turns, it's got all the glamour and the dark secrets and everything like that. So the fact that JMS went straight back to that, knowing full well that's kind of the vibe yeah. of Spider-Man at the time was soap opera to the extreme, and then he just like fit that in there, and he fit that in between the panels so well, like it. I'll, I'll give you this: it wasn't as developed as it is currently, but that was like some of the best relationship building that they had in comics yeah. back then. Yeah, I like I said. I mean, I'm not knocking it as it goes. I'm just mm -hmm. saying that like this actually added far more layers to it. It was that, big time depth. Yeah, like, which you didn't really see at comic books at that time. And you can literally go back and read the two issues of the, be like, the night when Stacy died and you can see where it fits in. Yeah, and it, and like, it just goes in so perfectly which is something that to his credit not a lot of writers can do mm -hmm. um, to take something and fit it in. Like I think the closest that I've seen to this in current times was the Venom run where he like fit in like how to explain like introduced a whole new like deity to the Clintar race and then fit in their entire origin in just one issue and like it made sense why do they hate fire and uh and sound because it reminds them of their captivity and it was like perfectly written and you go and you're yeah. like wow none of this has changed anything that's come before it, but it made it so much better yeah and it's kind of like this thing is just like you're looking at it and you're like wow this this all could have happened 
and it doesn't change the storyline. Mm-hmm. But now that it's all out in the open, it changes everything. Yeah, and it's really messing up Peter because Sarah looks exactly like Gwen what? Stacy. So it's like throwing him Although, off his game. Gabriel looks nothing like Peter. I'm just saying. I should have Actually, in the first issue of this, he looked just like, like Peter. Peter. Yeah. And then, and then later on, it kind of changes to like kind of the Osborne hair, like more curly. And, and I'm like, like, okay, that. but the first one, he looked just like Peter. Because apparently that's what happens when you Because that should have been the splash page of that first issue. Then I think that's when editorial jumped in. They're like, uh, I'm going to step back a little bit from that. So give them the goblin serum. So and, it's uh, like they drew that panel before they realized that it was going to be Osborne instead of it. But everything else, he does kind of have the, like a wavy curly hair, yeah. which that's what it's established. It's not like... Osborne's rocking cornrows or anything. Like, yeah. It's actually like how Dicko drew wavy hair. Yeah. So you see like the curly wavy hair and it's like kind of like a little bit of a nod to it. But then when like they kind of have their showdown and everything where it's just like Spider-Man finds out that like the really the whole thing behind it is the Goblin Serum has made them mature faster than they really uh, should and that they're actually dying because they're rapidly aging. Like he really wants to help them out. And Sarah wants that her, him to help her out too because he sees the she sees the good. Well, she figured it out a lot quicker than the brother because yeah. um, one of the key plot points in this was that when he went and tested the DNA uh, to confirm who uh, who the twins were or who these strangers were, and then he told Mary Jane, "You kind of cut off," and it's like um, they're not my kids, and he, the reason was. Parker never actually slept with Gwen, so he couldn't have had a kid with her. Mm. And Sarah caught on because, like, well, if he thought that they were that we were his kids, then why didn't he test said, his own DNA? Why did Why did he go looking for her DNA and, and like vampire her to death yeah. instead of using his own why blood? Which Van is, Helsing, my mom, <laughs> like, like instead of using his own DNA and testing it against it, and it's because his DNA wouldn't wouldn't work. It would have had to have been... And he knew it, too. And he knew it, and then she figured out that he knew it, and that he's been trying to help her. So, um, of course, typical, and again, very soap opery, where she's the calm, level-headed female that's coming up to, like, almost switching sides. He's just like, this is insane! Of course he's our father, and you're fucking crazy and then i'll show him i'll fucking kill him because that's what i'm supposed to do yeah so he doubled down on it and then um proceeds to they have this huge uh fall and he proceeds to go and find norman's um hideout well i think we're getting a little bit of a head before we do that right. like after the encounter with sarah peter parker decides to do something that he's never done before this is and true. we know he's never done it before because we go oh to a nerd God. who's sitting there with a long box <laughs> All right, I, I, I've got to point out if, if there is one part in this, I like, loved this this like two pages. Like, it was unnecessarily long setup. It was so it was hilarious. Good, it was hilarious, but it was so unnecessarily wrong just because the setup for it was so annoying. Because it's just like I'm gonna do something I've never done before. And what does he do? He sets up a press conference but, as Spider Man, and they're all amazed that this happened. That rather than cutting to the the. Like, the press conference, they cut to their guy on, like, their their consultant on all things Spider-Man. And they're totally making fun of, like, these nerds that go back and, like, I got his first uh, appearance with Galactus. I got his first time he I got pictures up. of him with this. I've got all of these Peter I've got, Parker. I've got one that I took myself, and he's, like, Spider-Man's cursing him out. You still, like, bleep? Like, <laughs> like bleep what the bleep? fuck are you doing with this picture? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm fighting and you're in my way. Like, I'm going to shove that camera up here. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Like, it makes Spider-Man look like an ass. 
Yeah. And they're like, dude, all we asked you is, has he ever held a press conference before? He's like, and he's just like, no, I only got the big fights and stuff. Like, he's like, he's like, I don't know. I'm in my, I'm in here all the time looking at his fights. I wouldn't know if he called a press conference. I don't even the watch TV. The thing I care about is the fights. Like, like, I don't even watch TV. I just go out there and take pictures of him cursing me out and fighting people. And I love that so much because you and I both know a lot of people who just collect and they don't read. Yeah. And I felt like that was perfect. Like, them just sitting with the long box in their lap like, yeah, this is really good. And I was like, yeah, but the story sucks in that. I'm like, well, this is the first time he did this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, it's, it, but it's the first the time. The story's terrible. <laughs> It, it doesn't matter. It's the first appearance, and I so have this it. It's the first appearance of typeface in uh, Peter Parker. Which, by the way, that should be a key issue because typeface is the fucking bomb, man. <laughs> <laughs> and rant though. <laughs> Let's get back to it. So he calls a press conference. He says, like the only thing he says, he's just like, "All right, so I'm. This is uh, a message out to Gabriel and Sarah. I want you to meet me at the same place that I last saw your mother. So they know where it is." He doesn't use their names, by the way. And then there was even a cameo by J. Jonah Jameson, who wasn't a supporting character in the story, by the way. Like, in the whole arc, he, like, almost never shows up. Just random cameo. This is, like, the era where Jameson just was not in Spider-Man books because Peter Parker was a teacher at this time. Yeah. So Jameson runs on at the end and is like, I told you to get off my blasted doorstep! (laughs) And stuff like that. (laughs) You rest for your kids! In typical... Parker fashion, like Spider-Man being a wascally wabbit, he holds the press conference at the doorstep of the Daily Bugle just to piss off J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Which is great because it so we had all this doom and gloom, then all of a sudden we had this one page, like this at the beginning of this pa- uh, this issue. It's like five pages of comedy is what we've got. It, was, and it is a really good it, uh, tension break. It was, it was definitely a callback to like the Zimmerman joke, like with the tension between Peter and Spider-Man. You you really think JMS was calling back to Zimmerman? No. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying it was the same kind of, for those people that have been reading it, it's the same kind of humor. No, but JMS would never, because I don't think anyone's ever called back to except us, because we're idiots. Because, because I, my love How great story. would it be, though, if he came out in an interview and he's like, well, I was reading the Zimmerman book and I thought, why not put fucking J. John Jameson in there? They're hilarious together. They're going to go camping now. It's like, after they've gone camping, why not? They just hate each other. And I'd just be like, Nick, I fucking told you. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Spencer, get on it. Zimmerman's got a whole treasure trove of books that no one needs to read that need to be read. (laughs) Key issue. I really want my sweet charity count for something, damn it, because I cannot stand the fact that I spent like a buck fifty on that shit. Back to the <laughs> back to since past. <laughs> so anyway, they go and there's your since past. There's my <laughs> since past. Talk about fucking Zimmerman. <laughs> oh, all right. So then they go out to the. I, I, I always forget which bridge this is because it was wrong in the first time it was printed. Then it was reprinted with the correct one. Was it the George Washington Bridge or was it the Brooklyn Bridge? I believe that the actual bridge was the George Washington Bridge, but it was. Previous, it was called the Brooklyn Bridge. It was previously called the Brooklyn Bridge, and okay. the reason for it is because the Brooklyn Bridge doesn't have the stones mm-hmm. like pillars that she would have fallen over. It's complete. Yeah, it was one, just a misprint. In the I think one is completely metal, and I think the Brooklyn Bridge is completely metal, but the George Washington Bridge, being that it's freaking older, actually has these like stone arcs, which is what she was on yeah. when she fell off of it. So then they go back there. They're on top of like the thing. They're they're having a confrontation. They're talking about it, and Sarah's really trying to get Gabriel on board. Like, 
listen, this guy, like, he's not all that bad. He can't be our dad. And Gabriel's like, he is our dad. But unbeknownst to them, they've been tailed by the cops Which, all the way by the over way, there. It actually so calls, Gabriel does not trust them. Actually, that does call back. Because for the most part, when I first read that, I didn't like that the beginning portion of it, the comedy. Because I was like, this doesn't add anything to the story. But lo and behold, JMS showing his writing skills, it does lead to something because he called the press conference. The cops know where he is. Well, the 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 guys, there was these um, mm. like reporters that were like following him and they figured out how to keep track of him. And then from them, the cops followed suite shortly thereafter because they started um, filming at the bridge the incident that was happening with him and these mysterious people that he called out. So because he called them out on that day... <laughs> Mm -hmm. he, um, the news anchors were able to follow them, and then by proxy, the cops knew where to go. So he only had a small amount of, like, a small window to try to convince the two of them. And he was making headway with Sarah, but Gabriel's not buying it. Yeah. And then he, honestly, like, his fears and, and skepticism is confirmed when he's shot by a cop who he thinks is working with Spider-Man to take him down. So then he gets thrown off the Brooklyn Bridge. Like, Spider-Man kicks him off just to kind of save his life. He's like, you know what? You can survive this. No, actually, you know what? He's not shot. shot. I was it's Sarah say, that Sarah gets shot. Sarah got shot. Like, he, he kicks him off. Because he knows he can take because it. Because he knows that he can take it because they've got the thing. But Sarah got gut shot. Mm -hmm. And she was caught off guard. And she's taken the fall. So now his life is literally replaying the exact nightmare. And they even cut to, like, the, they even mention the tension in there. He's like, I've been waiting for this this thing my whole life I prepared for like another shot of this and like try to do everything that you know I can to avoid it because the one one of the original conflicts and one of the biggest retcons that they had was the idea that it was Peter that killed Gwen not Norman because when Peter's like used a spider web and flipped her he broke her neck because of the way he caught her he caught mm -hmm. her by her feet and pulled and that caused her <clears throat> neck to snap. It wasn't the fall. It was the, the rescue, essentially. Which, man, like, going back to that death of Night Gwen Stacy died, there are so many things in there that just make it so classic. And that snap is one of the yeah. things. Like, that one word, like, sound effect they put in, that's, like, what made the grief well, I mean, all that more real. Even when they did it in <clears throat> Amazing Spider-Man 2, it was, like, when you saw Emma Stone's character, like, everyone knew and it's like you still had the thing because you just immediately call back to that snap and that picture of her like just laying there lifeless like afterwards and I'm just like you know so um he finally has a chance to do it again and save you know not quite Gwen Stacy but Gwen's daughter mm -hmm. uh, and he does so and she's losing a lot of blood so he's got a choice he can either chase after her uh, Gabriel or take her to the hospital. And, and he knows the blood type because he's just like, you know what, one of, one of the things you do when you date someone is you just kind of ask the blood type. He's like, I was thinking of marrying her too. Like, those are things that you ask. But then they ask us like, do we, it's not, it's rejecting every single thing. It's like, well, it's because it's not goblin serum. Yeah, they, they, they blood, were able And they're to... like, do you know anyone who would do it? And he flashes back to Norman in jail and he like thinks about Gabriel who's like nowhere right now. She's like, there's no one that we can get within an hour. So he's just like, you know what, let's do this. So and he straps in, they do a transfusion, because and the whole he's time, got blood. Mary Jane's, like, running over reporters with a food cart. <laughs> and, uh, like, uh, I love it. She showed up to the hospital as he takes it in, and he's like, he's sitting there with, it, it was, I mean, that, JMS definitely captured their relationship, because, like, <clears throat> she shows up to the hospital, he shows up 
delivers the person. She's in surgery getting the bullet taken out. And he's just like, hi, random stranger. How are you? Uh, are you and here she, to see your sister? And she's like, oh, my God, Spidey. You like you were the awesome. So she's playing the groupie role just so she can sit there. And, and Which is like, a cool dynamic that they have. And, and when she sits there, she sits there against the wall. And she's like, so how are things? And she like really like checks in on him. Um, and he's like, well, we're in surgery. It's a wait and see kind of thing. And like all these reporters go. So when he goes in to check on her and he finds out the diagnosis that they were able to get the blood out of her, but she lost a lot of blood and they can't get her stable. So he does the whole trying to figure out who can get here. Like we need, we need viable blood in an hour. And he knows that he is a, a donor. So he's like, go. I mean, if it doesn't work, she's dead anyway. Mm. So we'll give it a shot. And she, MJ is out there playing offense, knocking over reporters and pretending to be all ditzy, hitting them with food carts and stuff. And I was like, well, where's the reporter now? Recovering. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like was the line. aren't they going to like find that They're suspicious? trying to go after your mess. It's like, because... no, no, no. They think, they think that I'm, a, I'm actually just a, a big groupie. And yeah. it's cool. And so, yeah, like he, she even knocked out one of the nurses that went in there with a camera because there's a, they put in, was it like a $500,000? Uh, $5 million. It was a $5 million bounty just to get a, a picture of Spider-Man with his mask on. So MJ was holding down the fort and just... While he's recovering from having... Doing her thing, blood. like the, the perfect sidekick. So um, while this is going on, giving this, uh, giving the perfect opportunity, Gabriel didn't get injured in the fall and makes his way towards the hideout. Because at this point, he's got confirmation. He's like, I'm going to kill him. Yeah, he's memorized the maps that Norman made him uh and he goes uh, to one of the hideouts, not knowing what kind of hideout it is. And he plays the video, and he's like, "Well, if you're watching this by now, um, like I'm either not here or like I'm either in jail or dead, uh, and not available. But you should know that Peter Parker, because originally they had, they were told to, what was that? Uh, they were originally told to kill Spider-Man and Peter Parker. He's like, well, I hope by now you should know that Peter Parker and Spider-Man." are the same person so if you yeah. fought them you should know and knowing that you should know that while i am the one that like pushed your mom off the thing it was his him that was the cause of it he's the one that was been responsible for everything that happened to your mom and if he wasn't around she would still be alive like he made me do it and like almost like he's just losing his mind this is the guy that has been in deep denial Thinks Peter Parker's been his father. Thinks Peter Parker abandoned him. Thinks that he's gonna die because Peter Parker gave <clears throat> gave birth to him. And denying, denying, denying. Even when his own sister's like, maybe it is. Maybe Norman's been our father the whole time because obviously Peter couldn't have been doing it. In comes um, confirmation that everybody that he was wrong and everybody's been right and Norman Osborn's in it. But you know Norman Osborn using his pheromones, which apparently work across video. Yeah, you know, convinces him. It's like, well, if if that's the case, it was more his uh, charisma because yeah. he's a very charismatic. I, I mean, sociopath. I mean, he, he he really was. So he just he leaves this video and he's like, well, you should know that you your mom was weak and you have got uh, Osborne <clears throat> blood in you, which is a very special blood and is not meant for weak people. So yes, you are indeed the son of a goblin. And you know what? I've noticed that your condition, but like, here's this. Um, goblin formula because you only had part of it in your DNA this will make you the best you can be and so he goes ahead there's two syringes that come out because presumably when he made the video he assumed both of them would be on board yeah. um, so he 
you know, weighs his options and takes the freaking syringe and loses his mind. And you can see his sanity just yeah. And he, away. especially what Norman said too is just like there's gonna be some side effects to your yeah. mental well being. It's like it's like you're gonna see. But he's just in a like all right. Way. And he shoots up and then he comes after with the gray goblin. Comes into the uh, I believe it was. The hospital. Yes, he comes in the he hospital. He comes in the hospital. Like, I, I they have want, a fight. I do want to point out for the hospital that, like I said, he was playing, because you mentioned this uh, before we started filming, he was planning on there being two goblins, mm-hmm. because there was an unused female costume, yeah. along with the second needle, which would have been cool to see. But in comes the now gray goblin, and he goes into the hospital, because he found them, as Sarah's recovering, and Peter is weak from giving blood, and he can barely stand. Um, so he kidnaps Sarah, and they proceed to fight. And then as soon as Sarah is just like, he's not her dad, like, he's a good guy, we gotta stand for him, it's just like, you know what? I'm okay with killing you, too. It, you're like, wrong. It's like, you're wrong, you have no idea, you you might as well be dead to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, that's where we're left off with Peter Parker now having to fight a new goblin foe yep. made from, you know, all of the crazy that is Norman Osborn personified. Literally, the... You know, what Harry could never be. Like, yeah. a, a true-born goblin. <clears throat> and then and, what happens at the end, like, it turns out that something happens to the goblin glider, like, the great goblin falls into, like, the water. Because apparently he didn't And then he's washed onto a beach, and he's got amnesia. But at the same time, it's like, while Spider-Man was dealing with that stuff, Sarah, she steals, like, a gun from a guard and just, like, brute forces her way out of the hospitals. Like, she's still, like, super powerful. Yeah. And then at the end of it, we're kind of left with Spider-Man kind of laying down, and he's just remembering uh, Gwen Stacy and the the uh, the conversation they had. Was just like, "Will you love me if I told you something that like, no matter what?" And then he's sitting there, he's just like, "I love you no matter what." But at that time, like, super touching. Mary Jane is holding him and cradling him, trying to bring him back because he's so woozy from having the blood transfusion, and she's just like. I still I love you too even though he wasn't talking to MJ yeah, he was like talking. he was talking to like the, the memory, memory of Gwen Station Gwen, St- Gwen Station Gwen, Gwen Stacy. Stacy so it's such a touching story and it's one of those things again that is undone by its premise yeah that people see the premise and they just shit on it constantly and it didn't help that much that Alex Ross came out and did the same thing and it also didn't help that after one more day and the fallout with JMS and Joe Casado over one more day Joe uh, JMS came out and he's just like, I never wanted to make Green Goblin the daddy. You think I would have done that if I couldn't undo it with one more day? And then that kind of like got everyone galvanized against it. And it was just like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and strike this from the cannon. But I want this to stand. Well, this is such a good story. What sucks about this, as we'll get to, is the follow-up wasn't the greatest either. The follow-up was garbage, but it, we'll get to that in a little bit. It, but before we do that, let's go ahead and knock out some of our awards, our famous awards that we do for each one of these. First one, should have swiped left. This one goes for Gwen and Norman. This one is a no-brainer. She, she should have just opened the window, let out the pheromones, and walked out. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, you know what? That's good. And then get the hell out of there. Like, And then she would have avoided everything. If she didn't sleep with them, then she wouldn't have been the target for the death. And Norman wouldn't have had like this two kids that he's raising in secret out in France which by the way we didn't even touch on this part he wanted Peter Parker to be part of that family yeah so like the whole point in him trying to it, convince them was just like in the video got, yeah there was a whole, there was a whole part where it was like look you'll either 
<clears throat> killing you either killed him or you finally convinced him to join us. Yeah. Either way, we're gonna be one power. Because his whole family. delusion at the time was he was trying to get Peter Parker to, to become be the part of his Goblin family. Because yeah. he hated Harry Osborne and he always loved Peter Parker over Harry. Which is like one of the uh the things that kinda like a th- th- through line that kinda got dropped later on as he evolved. Yeah. But it was just like a perfect distillation of his character at that time. Oh. Right? So should have swiped left, Green Gwen and Norman should never have happened. And now we get to the old Parker Luck. And the old Parker Luck, the award goes to Peter for having to admit that he never banged Gwen Stacy. Nothing happened. That's he was he- a cook! <laughs> he was cuckolded! <laughs> His I greatest don't. enemy. <laughs> Imagine how much more different the freaking ending to Tangled Web's issue would have been. It's like, what I do to make it personal? Fuck this girl. <laughs> <laughs> Then he would have been calling back to Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, I fucked this bitch. Got her pregnant with twins. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's just like, and the very first question he asked her was just like, "Well, I mean, did did she mention that he was his first or something like that? Like, please tell me that she was holding out on me. <laughs> she totally gave it away for Norman." <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> like, please please tell me he wasn't her first. Like, that was the big concern that he had. <laughs> so it's just like, and the old Parker luck. For people that don't think that money's a thing. She was wrong. holding out for a hero. <laughs> she was holding out for a hero, but unbeknownst to her. She got she a super got the villain. Greatest villain of all time. <laughs> and then the best actor in a comic book awards goes to Tommy Lee Jones as Norman Osborn. Mike Diodato Jr. draws the hell out of this. I love him as a Spider-Man artist. But more than anything, I love him as a Norman Osborn artist. He draws the best Norman Osborn I've ever seen. And I think a lot of that is attributed to the fact that he draws Norman Osborn just like Tommy Lee Jones. So as defining as Samuel L. Jackson is for Nick Fury over when Brian Hitch is drawing him, it is equally defining when he is portrayed as Tommy Lee Jones right here. That works on so many levels because if you've seen Batman... um, is it Batman Forever? Forever. Batman Forever. The Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face would work perfectly as freaking Norman Osborn because that level of crazy is perfect for... And actually, there's a uh, uh, a uh, cover of a Dark Avengers where it is a half-face goblin, a half-face Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Norman Osborn. And I'm, I'm starting to see it now, man. I'm starting to see it now. I want that movie. <laughs> um, oh, we have right. the Sisterhood Award. The Sisterhood Award because... Mary Jane definitely kept it. She kept uh, Gwen's secret. But not only that, she fucking bitch slaps Norman Osborn <laughs> yep. back in the past. She walks up to him and smack! It's like, I don't know what you did, but you did something wrong. She gives him the five knuckle shuffle. Straight up chicks before dicks. <laughs> <laughs> she really stuck it out for Gwen. Like in a big bad way. Not only was she a perfect person for Peter Parker, but she's a perfect. Fun, Not only that, but it adds the layer that she could have literally taken Peter from Gwen any time. She had the atom bomb of like, oh, you you like you like your perfect girl? Oh, she you a like hoe. <laughs> she a hoe. I got proof. She a hoe. She's farming goblins. Right. <laughs> and yet, still, like she she kept it all in all these years, and literally only when. You, she saw that like the truth was coming out and that he was going to get to the bottom of it and not know how to handle it. She came out and told him, like, look, 
you know, it wasn't my place to tell you and this. There's, when do I bring this up, too? Like, Which is, like, another thing. It's just, like, there's no way for me to appropriately but, broach this. Like, but it was If you're going to hear it from anybody, you should hear from me because I know and you need to know this because, uh, you know. And then that gives Peter Parker fever dreams where he's imagining Tommy Lee Jones on top of Gwen Stacy. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of my favorite. <laughs> you know that every fight after that battle has been, like, Bitch! <laughs> every fight. every punch he's thrown at Norman, and he's just like, just imagining his face sweating over his ex- I, I, dead ex girlfriend. You realize, like, every time he fights her, like, if, you, if I was like Ring Goblin, be like, this was our O face. <laughs> <laughs> just to throw him off his game. You know what she said to me when I was balls deep inside her? <laughs> Guess what? I'm not much of a cuddler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does the tongue flick. <laughs> Peter's just mashing his face in. Perfect. I want that movie. (laughs) (laughs) And the Golden Colonel is how well this fits into continuity so seamlessly. I I dare you to go back and read those The Night That Gwen Stacy Died and read this and find anything major that doesn't fit. Of course, there are going to be little things that might not work out, but all the major stuff fits seamlessly. Also, I have to point out, not only does it fit in continuity, but even the end result is perfect for continuity. Because you have the character that's based on Gwen. Um, You know, she's like the actual Gwen, left, back to Europe, you'll find out, um, you know, to sort her problems. Meanwhile, the villain, the Grey Goblin, how does he get beaten? He gets amnesia. Who's prone to getting amnesia whenever he's, like, on the verge of becoming, like, a major thorn in Spider-Man's side? Norman Osborn. It's, like, genetic. It's like, oh, get beat up too much? Amnesia time! (laughs) It's forgetting time. It it really is. Like, it was like, oh, he's got amnesia. They use that so much that you think that somebody had a neuralizer standing next to Norman Osborn. like, you know too much now. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, we close the chapter on Sin's past, but this is not the end for the Stacy twins. We're actually going to be covering uh, the next couple uh, episodes we're going to do. We're going to be charting the evolution of the Stacy twins, and uh, it's going to (laughs) burn. It's going to burn. It's going to get... The dawn is always darkest before the day. Yeah, there's a reason that this was such a great story, but it didn't pick anything because everything that came after it lends got worse so lends no traction to being like well you know this might have been a rough start but at least it led to the next great thing no no it, it, it's pretty much downhill for here but we're it's a nice little evolution of the twins mm-hmm. so we'll get a nice so join little... us next time when we're talking about uh spectacular spider-man i want to say it's like 23 through 20 24 or 5 23 through 26 yeah. written by sam barnes who actually worked with jms on a couple of supreme power spinoffs uh for the max imprint and like apparently it was like one of his uh, cohorts for a while, and uh, art by Scott Eaton, and whoo, it di- it didn't it didn't pan out as it, well as you would it, think. It, it, it didn't did. it didn't work for me. Those and we're gonna get into that next episode. But before we do that, we want to go ahead and leave you off with a couple um, recommendations. recommendations. You want to go ahead and take the first one, Bruno? All right. Well, I've got two. Um, first one is a bit more classic. So riffing, because um, this is actually. <clears throat> Uh, what I'm going to mention is the first appearance since our Tangled Web issue where uh, Norman Osborn was revealed to be uh, in the double shot, the, the big bad that was 
talking in the uh, in the bar with no name. Uh, his next appearance after that was Death in the Family, which took it from that little like joyful thing where it's like, yeah, it's it's never jokes with me. It's always personal. To him going full on crazy and trying to dismantle um, Spider Man, basically to try to convince Spider Man to be his heir, mm-hmm. and going <clears throat> at the point where he is coming after Spider-Man, coming after Spider-Man's friends. He force-feeds uh, Flash a bunch of alcohol and puts him in a car. He um, proceeds to beat the crap out of Spider-Man. And they even and he even makes a bet with Spider-Man. He's like, uh, he's like, I'll never give in to you. He's like, five bucks and a pizza, says you will. Which actually becomes a really, really nice punchline. Because through it all, um, it actually establishes why Peter Parker... Um, never uh will never give in to norman osborne and also kind of establishes why norman stops going after his family like because after, shortly after this he doesn't really return back to those roots of like i'm just gonna kidnap and like rest, as, it's always straight attacks on peter or trying to mess with peter mm-hmm. but not using his supporting cast as leverage as much as he does and uh the other one would be the most current uh, uh or just slightly <laughs> the most current incarnation the red goblin storyline where after gaining a porn stash, we don't talk about that. Going, going through some <laughs> Which, surgery, the, the capstone to the otherwise completely stellar Superior Spider-Man was porn stash Norman Osborn. Yes, <laughs> and um, so and we're go, gonna move past that. Goes to Africa, gets some surgery done, uh, comes back, and he's like, "I've got to make my mark." So he bonds with the only other thing that drives Spider-Man crazy: the Carnage symbiote and becomes the Red Goblin and proceeds to dismantle Spider-Man like with everything. There's nothing Spider-Man can do can hit him because they actually feed off each other's strength. So the symbiote no longer has its additional weaknesses and the Goblin is now far stronger than he's ever been and it takes Spider-Man calling in all of his friends and family to even make a hint of a difference while also preparing his lineage because now he's got not Norman but little Normie <clears throat> as his new heir apparent forget peter i'm yep. done with him uh and it leads to a great thing and uh i'm gonna give a bit of a spoiler here it leaves norman in a funny place because you know this is a part where it's like wow this is really big i wonder what they're gonna do next with him well they make him go crazy because at the end of it he thinks he's carnage he literally thinks he's cletus cassidy yep and, and that kind of plays into at big time uh absolute carnage oh, right it, now. It, it is that is one of the funniest things because even the punch signs it's like i'm cletus cassidy why do you keep calling me norman osborne it's like sure cletus who remarkably talks and sounds like Norman Osborn, is constantly giving him crap. Even Deadpool's like, you is crazy. And yeah. I should know, because I'm pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I honestly haven't read The Red Goblin, but I think I might go back and read it. Dude, you uh, should. Just because that was an era of Spider-Man I kind of dropped off when, like, uh, was it, uh, Dance Lot relaunched for, like, the third time. Which is actually funny, because it's kind of a take back to Death from the Family, too, mm-hmm. in so much so, what happens with Flash. Yeah. Oh, so. that's right. Because Flash does die. He finishes off the Flash. He, he so finishes he, what he started in Death yeah. of the Family. Because Flash comes back, and at this point, he's got the... Um, the Venom symbiote. Well, actually, the anti-Venom symbiote. Oh, he's wearing the anti Because um, at this point, Venom left him to go back to Eddie Brock, and there was residue from Venom being in there, and through through this, he, be- he gains the anti-Venom. Mm. He becomes agent anti-Venom in the storylines, and he uses it to take down Norman. But... He's the only thing that can hurt Norman, and Norman has set up this perfect plan where everyone's in peril, so Flash makes the ultimate hero sacrifice really coming a long way as far as a character, 
and going out the way you'd expect a hero to go out. So yeah. it was a really great follow-up to Death in the Family because honestly, that was it. And I honestly like that Spider-Man had a Death in the Family, but not a lot of people talk about it because it's always referenced back to the Batman storyline. Yeah. So this is great, which is also funny because the real <laughs> only Death in the Family that happens is, well, Flash sort of becomes dead. Uh, well, it ends off with Norman Osborn looking like he's about to commit suicide in his office, yeah. which kind of leaves us in like a weird predicament. And that era of Green Goblin like was so weird because it was right after the Gathering of Five and Final Chapter, which left us in like a really weird spot because they were building up Norman Osborn so much and after he first came back. Off. And then it just got super weird with the Scryers, and then you had like a good two-part story where Norman Osborn like poisoned Peter Parker through his toothpaste, stole him, dragged him to a mansion, and tried to make him, like, his next heir apparent, like, brainwashing him to think he was heir apparent. That was, like, one of Paul Jenkins' first big things that he did with Goblin that set this one up. So it was just like, okay, so I think this is coming back. And then it went into Marvel Knights Spider-Man, where he did this whole thing, got the Sinister 12, went into Pulse, and then this whole series is kind of picking up after that where Norman Osborn is officially in jail uh, right before Civil War and stuff. So it's just like, this. there is this weird moment in time where it's just like, Osborn never quite had an identity, but the ones that you mentioned, Death in the Family, was the closest to him actually getting it before JMS kind of brought him back around in this one. Yeah. Um, and to that effect, I want to go ahead and talk about what came after this because this did kind of kick off the next iteration of it, if only because it introduced Mike Diodato Jr., to Norman Osborn and made him almost synonymous with Norman Osborn. So my recommendations, big time, are for Ellis's Thunderbolts, Warren Ellis's Thunderbolts, which happened in the aftermath of Civil War, where Norman Osborn is basically put in charge of this group of villains and are like tasked with working for the government, which bleeds into Dark Avengers, where Norman Osborn puts on the Iron Patriot suit and basically trolls all the heroes in Marvel Universe after he becomes like the Tony Stark since he was the one that got the kill shot during the that Secret was, That was great. He, like all like perfect like example of Norman Osborn's thing is like he just set himself up. He didn't do a damn thing yeah. throughout the entire conflict. He made the kill shot and then he but just that, became but, big but that and was he it. Like lorded he, over everyone. He waited for that one opportunity and then made sure that he was the one that took it from the heroes and it was just like, I did all of this. Yep. All of this that happened was because of me. My fault. Give me my money. I'm going to run for president. Fuck Trump. What? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a political podcast. Fuck Trump. <laughs> It's so weird. Like, Brian Bendis did this years before Trump came in. It was, like, pitch perfect. Like, <laughs> like he was, like, I, I'll, I'll take it. Norman Osborn's crazy, but he's more competent a leader. <laughs> well, he, and that's the last political thing I'm going to say. I mean, Fuck in Trump. A, in, all, in all fairness... <laughs> In all fairness, he did, like, restructure S.H.I.E.L.D. and turn it into Hammer. He gave it a whole new acronym, and it was working. And, like, yeah. not only that, but he set up a Dark X-Men, two Dark Avengers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that man could run a business. And, yeah. and possibly a government. He was still running the Thunderbolts, too. Like, so, or he had Songbird running the Thunderbolts, but he was, like, but, like he very had much his, a presence in the Thunderbolts. He had his pie and everything. He really did become, 
the dark Tony Stark. And this was the highest that Norman Osborn has ever made it in the Marvel Universe. This put him up there with like the likes of Doctor Doom, the likes of Magneto. Like, this is like this made him a Marvel Universe villain. This is actually really funny because it's like, do you remember when they did that with Lex? Lex becomes president of the United States. Oh, Jeff Loeber. Yeah, it was and, and like it was like, holy shit! Like, how does Marvel beat that? Easy. You make him the leader of everything else. Yeah, he, he runs. Fuck Shield. He runs Hammer. Hammer replaces Shield. Hammer runs and guess everything. what? Hammer's an acronym that stands for nothing. No, and it's openly acknowledged. It's like, what's Hammer stand for? Fuck you. <laughs> That's what it stands for. All, all that Hammer did was come up with spin tech that powered down heroes and villains alike. That was the mm. one thing that they did. And Lord knows wh- how long he's been sitting on that patent. And he's like, oh, well, guess what? I've got all this stuff. Let's go. But yeah, so like this is but the first leg in what was to be greatness for Norman Osborn, Dark Reign, probably the greatest Marvel event of the recent times was the whole Dark Reign event Agreed. where they were all put under and it's like directly in the aftermath of Civil War. So if you're going to read anything uh, bouncing out from that, I would say Dark Avengers, uh, but first read Ellis' Thunderbolts because what, that is 12 issues of pure What's bliss. really great, and I don't remember the exact issues but because he's had two teams of Dark Avengers, but when he set them together, the issues where he was... Essentially, the casting call for who, the Dark Avengers. Oh, the Cabal. Uh, no, 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 oh, no, not, not the, the one shot before. No, 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 no. I'm was... talking about like the cast. Like I forgot what the individual issues are, but I remember reading because I was really big into the Dark Ranks. He's like, like listen, we need a Hawkeye, over. Bullseye. You're my Hawkeye. Like, yeah, like we need a Spider-Man, uh, Matt Gargan, Venom. You're my Spider-Man, and they just literally took the names of all these superheroes. And he's just like Moonstone. You're my, uh, you're my Miss Marvel. I remember the first one was basically like you just started picking out from all the villains like you're gonna be this you're gonna be this and it was like essentially like if Thunderbolts was what it was supposed to be like Thunderbolts were heroes masking as villains I mean sorry villains masking as heroes now you actually have like villains masking as heroes were part of the Dark Avengers didn't really feel feel out Dark X-Men that much because it was more Emma Frost thing but then the second iteration where he actually starts like he's like here he finds like some random spider god he's like swallow this it's going to get rid of, like, your things and make you take on a more human appearance. Like, he had something for everyone to turn them into a version yeah. of, like... Because he's the, the biggest hero. troll in the Marvel yeah, universe. Yeah, like, he really did. And he put his work in it. And you could see, like, the spite that he had for each character and to make sure that he kept exactly what he wanted. Like, Wolverine, it was a son. Yeah. With the fucking claws. It's like, no one figured out, well, he's only got two claws and a bunch of tattoos that Wolverine never had, but he's fucking Wolverine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and he had marketing people. Like, they actually had, like... And he had the Sentry, the most powerful, like, super being in the Marvel Universe that everyone was afraid of. Like, and it's just like, how did he get the Sentry? And that plays off big in Siege, which is the follow-up yeah. to that and the downfall of Norman Osborn. So, like, huge Osborn fan. Like, I will tell you this, Norman Osborn is my favorite villain. Uh, Harry Osborn is my favorite Green Goblin, though. So I was so happy when he took on, like, a new... Uh, new persona with the Iron Patriot mm. and it is classic and I cannot wait hopefully they kind of put Iron Patriot in the the Marvel cinematic universe as like Norman Osborn leading everything well they already have the armor so they already have the armor so as soon as you get like a Norman Osborn stepping into that hopefully sometime soon I would love to see him as the Marvel Universe's next big baddie like aside from all the cosmic stuff mm. so like please make that happen and please make my back issue bin uh, jump up in value <laughs> exponentially so uh, with that being said guys those are our recommendations that's what we got we got Sins Remembered coming up next time uh, Spectacular Spider-Man Volume 2 23 through 26 if you want to uh, uh, punish yourself yeah. just as much as we're about to punish ourselves so in the meantime guys I have been Nick I have been Bruno 
So, uh, yeah, keep reading that garbage, and good night. <laughs> Feliz Navidad. Oh, God, it burns.